Luce, you'll be glad to hear there isn't a joke opening this week. Um, I think think that's well and truly dead and buried after last week's uh, shocking performance of Here Comes the Hot Steppers. Um, This week, we're looking at what has been a pretty up and down week for the regions. You know, Ospreys won out in Treviso, which was a very good win. Cardiff went at home to the Sharks. Nice to see them bounce back. Scarlet out in Leinster was a pretty galling defeat, to be fair. And, and Dragons at home was a pretty disappointing loss after the momentum Dragons had in, garnered in Connacht. Um, what did you make of it as a whole? Or is it just difficult to sort of assess where the Welsh regions are at the moment? Um, it is difficult, yeah, because I think uh, Scouts have now played the two toughest teams of the tournament and lost heavily both times, but at least that's behind them now. Yeah, I guess. I think that it's definitely a reality check. Um... Yeah, I think just Dream Peel's made a few changes and it, it really has affected them. So hopefully they can bounce back this weekend because if they don't, I think there are going to be issues. Well, you say that, but I was listening to Scrum 5 podcast again and they said, um, you know, I'd forgotten that this is the fourth time that Scarlet's have conceded over 50 points this calendar year. You know, taking into account last season's losses against Sale and the Dragons. Um that to me suggests that there's more of a systemic issue there, perhaps. No, they they attributed to that that perhaps this isn't just a Dwayne Peel issue that we can't just blame Dwayne Peel. So therefore, you know, it's not a worry. But actually, actually, I think it's more worrying because um, you look yeah. at some of the tries you conceded against Leinster. You look at the tries, especially against Munster. It's just tackles. It's first up tackles. It's not a system issue. It's not. A f- way of playing issue. It's just first up tackles is, is poor, and I don't really understand how you solve that really, rather than getting in better players. Yeah, yeah. There's been four really heavy defeats, but the rest then, like a lot of the other games, we've been winning. So hopefully we can just practice that, especially now the international players will be playing tomorrow night. But hopefully they can practice with the. Um, those plays then and work on that because that's the only thing they can do at the moment because you can't get new players in. Um, and Benetton aren't the hardest team to beat them, um, especially at home. Well, Scar's been at home then. Um, if they don't beat Benetton, there's going to be problems, um, I think. Um, maybe. I, I, I think you all holding standards that at the moment Scarlets aren't achieving and Benetton are a good side um, very dangerous side I think the Ospreys are a testament to that um, and <laughs> if, if you give them enough open space they will cause problems um, yeah. I worry for the Scarlets I thought second half there were a few poor tries you gave away against Leinster granted I think there were a couple of poor decisions which I don't want to get too much into um, because we will be discussing that later in the pod um, when it comes to Munster Connacht um, but you know the James Lowe knock-on it's a clear knock-on I don't understand how it's not seen on TMO and there's a few little things like that um, which are a bit frustrating at the moment in rugby um, yeah it, it, it was disappointing it was definitely disappointing results for the Scarlet and especially I think the first 20 minutes they actually competed 
yeah. um, the Johnny McNichol tribes. Oh, great offload from like Greg Rundon from Johnny Williams, um, and then the offload. But after that, it just went a bit downhill, and then yeah, discipline was an issue with the penalty tribes before half time, um, and then yeah, Leinster just started scoring for fun in the end. Yeah, um, the scrum was a problem. You know, Porter and Furlong is a dangerous combination to say the least. Uh, but yeah. I'm I'm worried a bit about Wilcriff John. Um, not convinced by him at the moment. I must be honest. Um, let's move on from Scarlets because you know Good. it wasn't the, it wasn't the best result. Let's move to the Ospreys, where I it's a game which is Im- almost impossible to comprehend unless you actually watched it, which was. 30 minutes of terrible performance from the Ospreys. Where I still can't work out how it's only 7-0. They then scored 26 unanswered points to go 26-7 up. Benetton then bring it back to 26-all with some absolutely brilliant tries led by Rhino Smith. And then Ospreys win it at the death of the Stephen Myler penalty. It, it really was not, not a game of two halves, but Ospreys won it in about a 15-minute spell, really, either side of half-time. Yeah, I think I I turned it on about forty nine minutes in, and I think um, Ospreys has just scored. I think third or even fourth try at that point. Um, I, I was quite impressed actually by how much they were up, and then yeah, the Benetton comeback started, and <laughs> it was it was an impressive game of rugby actually. Um, it was as maybe myself as a neutral. Um, it was a good game to watch. I'm not convinced you're, as a Scarlet fan, you were neutral <laughs> against the Ospreys. But <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought Benetton played some brilliant rugby in the last half an hour, especially Rhino Smith and Ioani were, were incredible. Um, so I'd be worried as a Scarlet fan looking at Rhino Smith. You know, he's, he's not going to kick the ball a lot. He's not a very structured 10, but bloody hell, he can run. Um, he's yeah. very good on his yeah. feet, good step. Very, oh, very dangerous runner. Um, you know, we saw what happens with the Ospreys when Reese Webb doesn't get into a Wales squad. He produces a brilliant man of the match display, and he was superb on the weekend. You know, a couple of tries, another try assist as well. I, it's it's a weird one. Do you think Webb is unlucky to to not be in the Wales squad, or do you think it was right that he wasn't there? Um, I think he was unlucky not to be there maybe a few years ago. Um. I, and especially, I think there was an injury. Was it either Kieran Hardy or Thomas? And then Lloyd came in, where maybe then you should have been Reese Webb coming in. I think Reese Webb knows he's not going to be selected, so he's just going to play as well as he can for the Ospreys. And when he's under no pressure, then that's where he can deliver. Yeah, um, it was it was good to see him back to his best because I think it's fair to say yeah. he didn't have his best game uh, the week before. Likewise with Owen Watkin, I thought he was brilliant. Um, and I, you know, I'm a big fan of Kieran Williams. It was great to see him back in an Osprey shirt. Um, speaking of Osprey shirts, I don't know if you've seen the unveiling of the alternative kit today. Um, but it Ospreys. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. No, I haven't seen it. What colour? Um, sort of a mustard green. I genuinely can't describe <laughs> it any better than that. It is. It is a vile thing to look at. Um, I don't know who's coming out. Yeah, I don't know who's thought that through. It's it's a horrible kit, and the combination as well with orange socks. It just it just does not work. It sort of looks camouflage, and then you've got bright orange socks and neon. 
it's, it's just very strange. So your Christmas present is sorted then? Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I will not be wearing that shirt, come rain, <laughs> come rain or shine. Um, yeah, but yeah, the end the end statement has to be that it's a good result for Ospreys out in Treviso, you know, to beat Benetton. Oh, they're a good side at the moment. Um, I was very impressed with Lamaro at seven. I thought he was superb. Um, but good to see a few good performances from the Ospreys. And going forward to next week, hopefully they can continue that. Um, another side that got a win, Cardiff Rugby. What did you make of them on Saturday? Um, Like you said, it was a bit of a slow match, wasn't it? Um, I, I was there. The atmosphere was buzzing. Um, so that was great for the Cardiff supporters um, and the players, obviously. But it was just, it was a bit slow. And there was, I remember there was one scrum um, the other side of the pitch for me and I couldn't see it for 10 minutes worth of scrummage in there and I couldn't see. It was just a bit... Like just waiting, really, but a great win for them, um, especially considering Ospreys lost to the Sharks the week before. Um, it's just great then to see individuals performing well again. So obviously, Chris Priestland got man of the match in that game. He was kicking well, giving himself the best chance really to start against New Zealand in the autumns. Yeah, Priestland did have a good game. Um, you know, you were there. I think it was as your your duties now as are you official accompanist for the for the blues choir is that the <laughs> official title um nah, the death. <laughs> death, death. oh fair enough um but you 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 said to me that you were on uh sophie evans's instagram story and it, that was your claim to fame for the weekend yeah um obviously it was quite sad to see her her bow oh, I, I don't know if you call it her bow but uh, alice jenkins go off quite early on in that game and hopefully he'll be fit to continue next week um possibly for yeah, wales hopefully um, but all in all, I thought it was a good performance from Cardiff. I thought they did the job. It wasn't. It wasn't anything stellar. It wasn't anything fancy. Um, a nice, nice try for Matthew Morgan. Where I don't know how he gets through the tackle of uh, Butterlazy, the captain. But it was embarrassing on Butterlazy's yeah. behalf. Um, and you know, a nice moment for Hall again crossing the line, which yeah. he seems to do with regular ease, and hopefully he can do that next weekend for Wales if he's selected. Um, I thought the pack stood up well, though. That's the one thing I will say. The the, the Blues pack didn't get beaten up by the, the Sharks, did they? No, they didn't, considering just what we know about South Africans scrimmaging in the front row um, and how dominant they are. No, they didn't um, beat them every time. Then. So, that, yeah, that's good for Cardiff looking forward now, that they've got the potential to scrimmage well. Yeah. Um, After what we've spoken about, yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe kind of strength row is a bit weaker, not enough strength and depth. Especially now that Rhys Carter is actually going um, on Welsh duties and he's actually been scrimmaging well for them. Yeah, it'd be important to see how they go this weekend um, if Carrie's, uh, well, likely to be unavailable. One final thing on Cardiff. I just wanted to see what you thought of um, Hallam Amos. Obviously, he's announced his retirement from... Uh, rugby, all forms of rugby at the end of the season. Um, he's going to focus on becoming a doctor, which he, he's just qualified and become, uh, training towards uh, for several years. What did you make of that? It was a sort of surprising decision maybe from him, but I think it's one that several people knew might well be on the cards. Yeah, yeah, I was a bit surprised. I know some word aware, but 
if there was this plan all along, um, th- that's what he's done. So I think he said um, when he's graduating that he's going to concentrate um, on his career. So fair play to him and good luck to him. But um, it, it'll be a massive loss, I think, for um, Cardiff anyway. I think it's a massive loss for Cardiff. I think it's a loss for Wales. Um, he would have been provisionally in my Wales squad for two years' time in the World Cup, I must be honest. Um, mm. You know, I think he's done what he's always planned. I'm a bit yeah. surprised slightly in that now is probably the best time for him. If he wanted to get in that Wales setup, now is the time uh, to, to sort of seize the day, I guess, because... Liam Williams coming back from appendix being removed. He, he pro- could possibly start against New Zealand, Hallam. Um, also, you've got to think Halfpenny's out for a number of number of months. I don't know whether Halfpenny is going to feature as much for Wales in the future as well. So it's a bit of a bit of a shame on that front for Hallam. But, you know, fair play to him. He's made the decision and I'm sure he'll be brilliant at it and wish him all the best. Um, yeah, it's a brave one for definite. Yeah. Let's let's move to the Dragons. Friday night, Dragons, Newport, Rodney Parade. You're thinking, right, what can they do? How can they back up that away victory in Connacht? <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a terrible performance from Dragons. It was a Dragons performance where you look back at it and you think, what could have been? Is that a fair ass- yeah. assessment? After the win away at Connacht, I think everyone is on a high in the Dragons camp. So I think they would all then be disappointed um, how they played because every time they had possession, they didn't make the most of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe they should have come away with more points, really. But um, it is disappointing for them. But I, I, I think Stormers are the um, toughest South African side then to beat. Um. Yeah, they weren't close then, but it's a shame for dragons. But hopefully, they can bounce back. But I don't want. I don't want that to be a theme every single week. Yeah, that that's my problem with the dragons. They've got to get that consistency a bit more. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'm looking at it again. I thought Josh Lewis had a very good game at fullback. I thought Jonah Holmes had a good game. Uh, and Aaron Owen, I thought had a decent game. Bedrenu at scrum half. Sam Davis, both decent games. Uh, Basham and Elliot D both had decent games while oh, yeah. D was on the pitch. I know D went off early, which I think cost the Dragons a fair bit. But you look at that and you think, right, quite a few of the boys had good games. Why, why couldn't they make it stick? And I think you put just hit the nail on the head. Really, Stormers took their chances. Zass with two tries. Um, Dragons just didn't quite create enough. I must admit, I don't really understand why Oliver Feller's getting selected ahead of Jared Rosser. Um, I thought he looked average in that game on the week on, on Friday night. But he's the only one I can heavily criticise, really, because I thought the rest of the team played decently. Yeah, but if you think back um, to the game against Leinster, it was just defending that they did. They didn't really have much attacking opportunities. And that happened again. I think the defence maybe wasn't as strong this time. So that's how um, they let it go. Yeah. Yeah, they need to try and get that balance in the game a bit more. Um, obviously, they, they, they were sh- shaken up a bit before kickoff because uh, Jordan Williams 
had to pull out quite late on, which brought Josh Lewis into the side, which might have had an impact on how they were planning to play. Um, so let's look forward to next week then. Um, we've we've done a quick recap. Um, I just wanted to give a brief thing on the predictions because Aled's ahead on 27 points. I'm on 26. Luce, you're lagging behind a bit on 23 um, oh no! Really? I was, yeah, I was then looking at it. I was thinking, how 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 are you planning on <laughs> coming back in? And I looked at your first prediction, which was Glasgow twelve, Leicester forty five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think you've sort of looked at Leicester's performance against Scarlets and possibly mm. got the wrong end of the stick and thought how good Leicester were as opposed to how bad Scarlets were. And I'm thinking as well of Glasgow's result against Zebra. They didn't really put back many points on the man lines the week before. So that's why I've gone so high for Leinster. But then I've just remembered that the big boys of Leinster then against the Scarlets last week that I was definitely worried about, they're all going again. So actually, they're not going to be there. Yeah, maybe I've gone a bit too ambitious there. Uh, I might as well give give myself the biggest chance. <laughs> yeah, you've, you've definitely gone with the boldest one. Um You've gone for a Scarlet's win against Benetton. I've also gone for a Scarlet's win. We've both gone for the same score, actually, 23-18. Um, what's, what's your assessment of the team that is starting for the Scarlet on the weekend? You know, without the Wales Stars, as you mentioned, how does that look to you? It's the best team we've got at the moment, really, isn't it? Um, I mean, it's, it's not a bad side. Um, it's great to see um, Scott Williams... Appearing as a captain after his um, well, slight injury the other week, um, partnering up with Steph Hayes. Great to see Steph back, but maybe a bit unfortunate that he's not captain after his multiple captaincies last year. Our well, back line looks decent. Maybe Tom Rogers is a bit unfortunate there. Um, I think I'm a bit worried about our back row um, on a whole because. It's great to see Aaron Schindler going out there for his 200 appearance. Um, Blade Thompson maybe typically uh, six, but he'll play number eight. And then more of an unexperienced player, Sean Evans at seven, um, which might be a worry, but it's the best we got. Yeah, I think I'm a bit surprised Lozano isn't playing. I thought he had a good good performance um, in the most part out in Leinster. Um, I think Sean Evans would be interested to see how he goes. Obviously, they think a lot of him down at the Scarlets to to get him in and around the squad at the moment. Blade Thompson, he's had a good start to the season, in fairness to him. I was reading stats today, and he's got the most turnovers in the URC. Johnny McNichol's got the most metres made in the URC. Steph Evans is the most defenders beaten in the URC. So if you look at that on, on paper, it looks like it's been a brilliant start of the season for Scarlets. Unfortunately, rugby is not played on paper and, and perhaps the set pieces have been where, where you're lacking. And I'm looking at it for this weekend, obviously. You, you know, you're missing your first choice and your second choice hookers, um, which is going to be a problem in the line out. And you add on top that you're losing both your first choice props. I think you've got to look at the scrum and be a bit worried there. Is that... Is that fair? Yeah, maybe. Um, Benetton do have a decent scrum, so it is going to be a worry, but it, after all, it is the best we've got. Um, and yeah, Mark Jones, the third start, I think, this season, so hopefully his lineups can be accurate every time, but I'm a bit doubtful. 
I, I think he's a decent player in fairness. Um, you know, he's he's not the calibre of player of Ken. Uh, that's definitely the case, but not many hookers are in fairness. Um, I'm interested with Dan Jones starting. Is that a sign that Scarlett are planning to play a bit more of a structured kind of game plan, do you think? Especially considering Rhino Smith is starting for Benetton at fly half and... Uh, from I think the Ospreys would would assess he doesn't like a particularly structured game. He's more of an unstructured, off the cuff sort of player with less kicking than the average ten. What's yeah. your assessment of that selection? Yeah, the contrast between the both of them is quite big. Yeah. Um, Dan Jones starting. I just hope he can bring back the consistency of his play from last season. Um, because obviously the last time we. Um, experienced Dan playing then he didn't have the, he didn't have the best of games so hopefully now he can build um, build confidence and control this game um, and annoy um, the Benetton flight half a bit yeah um, hopefully he can get that platform as well from his forwards I think that that'll be key in that game um, another game where I think the platform is going to be crucial is Cardiff rugby hosting the Dragons Luce, um, you know, for the Dragons, normally you look at the international window for the uh, as a Dragons fan and you think, oh, we might get a few results here with weakened opposition. This time round, Dragons are going to be the weaker side, probably losing so many internationals, especially in that pack. You know, you're losing Elliot D, you're losing both second rows, you're looking your, losing your first choice back row. Is that a worry going into this game where, where you're going against a Cardiff side that in the pack, certainly, are almost full strength. Um, it's going to be a different kind of game to watch, I think. It's going to be just a mixed match of the dominance, maybe, of um, Cardiff's forwards against the dominance of Dragons' backs, in a way, uh, with so many internationals heading to the Welsh camp. Um, it's going to be tough, maybe, um for the Dragons with Cardiff's um, set pieces. I think for the first time probably this season, I'm going to say that I think Cardiff's scrum will dominant, uh, will be a lot more dominant than Dragons. Um, and that might be a worry for the Dragons, maybe um, giving away penalties often um, in that aspect of the game. Um, and like you said before, I think the line-out maybe as well um, for Dragons might be um, a worry um, so I think it's going to be an interesting game. It's going to be an exciting game because it's a derby. Um, the atmosphere is going to be buzzing. Um, it's going to be electric probably. Um, but <sighs> Dragons, I think, might struggle because of the lack of dominance in their forwards then. Yeah, perhaps. You know, I think Cardiff, yes, they're losing. Rhys Carey, Dylan Lewis, Seb Davis... Obviously, Navidi's out injured and Ellis Jenkins as well. But I think there's definitely more strength and depth from a Cardiff perspective. Um, you know, you look at that front row, Reese Gill comes back in, international. Dimitri Adhip, who's been in and around Welsh regions for a number of years now um, with both the Ospreys and Cardiff, comes back in. I don't think either him or Doge had their best scrummaging performances last weekend. But it'll sort of be interesting to see which one of those comes up on top. Um, in terms of second rows for the dragons i worry a little bit and that's no disrespect to joe lewis or and maximu who i assume will be the second rows but 
Ben Carter and Will Rowlands have had such a good start to the season. And likewise in the back row, you know, you're losing Tane Basham, who's been phenomenal. Um, you're also losing Moriarty and Wainwright. I, I will say, though, Harrison Keddy and Ollie Griffiths are able deputies, depending on who comes in as the third option as well. I don't know who that will be at this moment in time. Just looking at the backs for Cardiff Rugby, is that something that worries you? Or do you look at it and think, well, yes, we're losing Reese Priestland, Thomas Williams, Hallaholo, um, and both wingers in Lane and uh, Josh Adams, but there's plenty of strength and depth there. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think if it was the opposite um, way, then Dragons would definitely struggle a lot more with the um, back options. But yeah, Cardiff, I think, have a decent selection then. Yeah, they do. I think that's fair to say with Lloyd Williams. Jared, I think, is back fit now. Um, obviously, Ben Thomas won't be available as well with Wales to play 12. So I think it'll probably be Max Llewellyn, another ex-Glant half-boy, I might add. Um, <laughs> wingers, um, Harry's will probably come back in um, and hopefully Summerhill will be back fit. But if not, you've still got uh, Halloween Moss and Matthew Morgan, uh, either of which are capable to play on the wing. Um, I think it's still a strong side. I still give Cardiff the edge, I must say. Um, I think... Partly due to the forwards, but but mainly due to those that strength and depth in the backs. I think if they can get the upper hand, they will. They could run away with it. I don't. I don't think they will, due to the fact that Dragons' defence has drastically improved. But I think they could definitely get the upper hand in that back line. Yeah, yeah, I I do agree with you. I do think it's going to be a tight game because it's a derby after all. But. Um, you just don't know what to expect in the derby, really. No, I don't think you know what to expect from the from the Welsh regions at the moment, as we mentioned previously. Um, Ospreys hosting Munster. We will preview this in a bit, but Ospreys, I don't know what to say about them at the moment. They're they're a bit up and down, but also the the highs are very <laughs> are very short lived. It seems you know we talked about fifteen minutes out in Benetton. <laughs> We talked about the second half against the Dragons. Both were good performances, but the first half against Dragons was terrible. The first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes against Benetton were terrible. So it's about getting that whole game going. And I I don't think it's going to come this weekend against Munster. Yeah, against Munster, you need to play well for a solid 80 minutes, not just quarter of an hour here and quarter of an hour there. Um, Especially after this... Munster's second team then just destroyed the Scarlets. Um, we know what they can bring. They've got a really strong squad um, and they're going to bring, they'll be bringing a good team. They'll be bringing a really quality side. So um, Ospreys need to perform for a bit, a bit longer than quarter of an hour of the game. Yeah, a little bit longer than quarter of an hour, I think, is fair to say. Um, they are in a bit of a fortunate position, I think, to, it's fair to say. You know, they're, they're losing five players to international. But I was looking at that on paper. Yeah, it doesn't look great. But aside from the second rows um, in Adam and George and Adam Beard, yes, you're losing Anscombe, Roger Jones and uh, Thomas Francis. But if you think about it this way, Anscombe and Thomas Francis weren't available last season. So you are going back to Tom Bother or Mafufia. Both have been solid choices for the Ospreys in the past. Um, 
Anscombe, obviously, you're going back to Stephen Myler, who's very consistent, performed very well out in Treviso, and Finnis kicked yeah. the winning penalty. Um, and finally, um, Roger Jones, who isn't actually a regular starter for the Ospreys. Generally, they tend to go for Nicky Smith. So it, it's not the worst-case scenario for the Ospreys. I think that's fair to say. And in that, maybe they feel they've got a good chance against Munster. Um, but as you mentioned, Munster's second side are pretty strong anyway so I don't think I don't think you can go with that attitude um we've all gone with a Munster win but I think this is one that the Ospreys will think they do have a chance I think that's fair to say yeah they've got they're fortunate enough then um to have kept a lot of their younger players these um players who are performing week in week out at the moment um like Jack Morgan Matt Prothero Kieran Williams now he's back. Owen Watkin obviously is still there as well. Um, unlucky for them, but a bonus for Ospreys. But with players like that, um, they could just perform with flair, really. Yeah, I think that, I think that's the hope for Ospreys. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to that game. I think you're going to a couple of them this weekend again. You're doing your turncoat thing of going to the Scarlet on the Friday night and going to Cardiff on the Saturday. Um... <laughs> yeah, um, for the listeners who maybe don't know us, um, I am a Scarlet fan, so that's why um, I will be going to Slashley. But um, I'll be there accompanying kind of Blue Sky this weekend in my bright red coat. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe, maybe... it a bit too obvious that I'm not a Cardiff <laughs> supporter. Yeah. Well, it's, it's either that or a scarlet waterproof coat. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably go with the big red one. Um, yeah. Have you had any discussions with the choir about the fact that you need to have a name change at some stage due to the fact that there's been a rebranding at Cardiff? No, nah, I'm too worried to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Are they just... Yeah, I don't know what to call them, but in Welsh it's called Iglesian, so yeah. it translates to Cardiff Blues Choir. Yeah, well... We may see a name change there yeah. sometime soon. Um, thanks very much, Lucy. We'll hopefully speak next week, uh, previewing Wales against New Zealand. I'm still nervous about that game. With regards to this weekend, which do you think is more important for the regions? Is it good performances or is it just getting results now, do you think? Of course we want good performances, but we need to start winning, um, especially in Scarlet's sake. Um, we've lost two really have um two games really heavily now. Um so they at home need a win this weekend. Yeah. I think I think that's fair to say, a win at all costs. Um and likewise I think I think Ospreys will take a win however it comes and in a derby you take a win no matter what it is. Uh thanks very much, Lucy, and uh, speak to you next week. Cheers, thanks. So yeah, I mentioned we were going to preview the Munster Ospreys game on the weekend. I've been joined by Will Kenny. Um, hi, Will. How are you doing? Good. Good yourself. Yeah, great. Thanks, mate. Um, it's brilliant to have you on. Thank you very much for doing this. Um, no. you've got a ba- bit of a weird connection to being a Munster fan. You, you support Scotland yeah. in the rugby, but you also support Munster. How does how does that work out? So my my dad, he's from Ireland. He's from Ireland. He's from Waterford. And I'm born in Scotland, so like I support Scotland, but then I also support like yeah, you know, I just I just go with my dad, uh, the team my dad supports. So, monster. Yeah, that's fair enough. Do you find that 
a difficult one in uh, with your mates and stuff like that? Is is there a bit of banter around when Munster lose, which luckily for you is very irregular, I suppose. Um, no, not really, because there a lot of my friends support Glasgow, and like normally when so it was a while ago. Like I, I used to kind of enjoy watching Glasgow play. I still enjoy watching them play, but it, it's kind of when they're like sort of cheering for Glasgow and stuff. When I'm just kind of a, the only monster fan there, kind of it's a little bit difficult. But <laughs> I, I can sympathise. I grew up as a as an Ospreys fan in uh, in Cardiff, where you know you get a lot of rivalry there. So it's a lot worse, I think. Suppose <laughs> I suppose. Um, yeah. So. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Munster and where you see Munster going this season, because certainly from this side of the pond, you know, as a Welshman, I, I look at it and I think Munster are really the only side I can see challenging Leinster this season. Is that how you see it as well? Um, well, I think I think Munster have, have often been like one of the only teams that could probably challenge, challenge Leinster. But I think... Um, I think Glasgow are actually doing quite well. Yeah. I think Glasgow could, could. Um, but yeah, Munster probably most likely, I'd say. Yeah, I think I think the strength and depth you've got is pretty incredible. I I watched um, Scarlets against Munster a couple of weekends ago, where you were without yeah. Conor Murray, Dillende, um, you know, still without Carberry. The list goes on and on. You were without Craig Casey, your second choice scrum half. And you absolutely yeah. destroyed Scarlets. Did you Did you watch that game? Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, it was kind of a running over, I said. Yeah, it really was. It, your back row was phenomenal that day. Donoghue, Clutie and O'Sullivan. Um, but you still got... Uh, Chris Clough. He was unbelievable. He was incredible, wasn't he? he I think he had yeah. about five or six turnovers in that game. You know? Yeah, I know. And um, a try, I think. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, you mentioned that's the back row, and that's without Coombs, without Omar Honey. Um, it's a scary Burn. prospect. Wait, was, was Burn playing? No, he wasn't. No, playing. no. So it's, it's a scary prospect without the, with those still to come in. Yeah, and we've got loads of good back rowers. <laughs> Is that... Because that's something that's been a tradition at Munster, isn't it? The, the strength of the back row. Is that something that you've noticed throughout being a, while being a Munster fan? Um, yeah, probably. We've got we've had quite a few uh, good back rowers this year and and like the last couple. Yeah, when you mentioned sort of the likes of Stander as well, you know, just just retired. Um, mm. what what do you make of the season so far from Manchester? Because you mentioned obviously you, you gave Scarlett a bit of a running over. What what about mm. the rest of the season so far? The Carnet game. I I don't think Monster deserves to win. Um, yeah, so you also played Stormers and Sharks. What did you make of the game against the Sharks? Uh, I'm, I'm actually trying to remember it now. We played really well. I thought Zebo did really well. Yeah. Um, no, but I feel like the, the Scarlet's game has been our best one. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think if we play like the rest of the season consistently, like we well, like we did for our first three games, then I think we I think we could do quite well. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. Um, you mentioned Connaught, you're a bit lucky. I've, I've seen the offside going around social media. I think that's fair to say. It's a, yeah. it's a couple of yards yeah. in that, isn't there? Um, yeah, I... God, that's funny, though. 
it, it is funny. I just, it's funny, and I was also on the same side. I, I think I saw the same thing. I think it was um, Sean, was it, who posted it from uh, the Rugby Connection podcast? What's his name? Yeah, and Kyle. And Kyle, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think I commented that it's a bit worrying at the moment that you, know, you look at VAR, you look at the TMOs, they're missing obvious decisions. Um, that's something I feel. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was, it was. I think Munster were the better side, but yeah, it was a bit, a bit, bit of a questionable decision to say the least. Um, less... I, I don't even think Munster were the better side. I think uh, Jack Carty was like leading Connor really well. Yeah, Connor win, I think. Really? Yeah, I, I don't think Munster deserved to win that one. <laughs> Well, I suppose it's a sign of a good side winning when winning ugly. I suppose that's, that's the one way to look yeah, at it. Yeah, classic monster kind of not not playing really well, but still being able to kind of come away with it. Yeah, that's that's the monster of old, really. You know, yeah. dirty rugby, just tuck it up the jumper, win the game, however it may be. Um, let's let's look forward to this weekend then. Um, monster traveling to the Ospreys. You know, Ospreys of old would have backed themselves to beat Munster, but I think. Now Munster are coming as favourites. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Um, how do you see the game going? Wh- which side are you backing? Do you think? Munster. Munster, quite heavily by the sounds of it. Um, I I haven't seen the Ospreys playing a lot, but I know that if Munster play like the way they did, like I said, with the first three games, then it should be comfortable. Yeah. I I agree. Um, Ospreys got a decent win out in Benetton last weekend. Um, you know, any win out in Benetton you you take nowadays. Um, but yeah. they they've only really played well for I would say probably seventy five minutes, maybe maybe eighty five minutes of tops this season. Uh, they were really poor the weekend before. Um, they were okay against Cardiff, but then they only played a half well against the Dragons. And I think this is the first real test for the Ospreys and how they go against one of the powerhouses. And looking yeah. at the sides, obviously, Munster are without a couple of players. I don't think uh, Zebo's playing. Um, but they do have the likes of Craig Casey back. You do have Tyke Byrne, Peter O'Mahony. Um, it worries me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think with those players, I think it, it's kind of clear that Munster will win. Mm. But like Ospreys could still like give him a good game. I think that's the hope for Ospreys, just to make it respectable. Mm-hmm. Um es- yeah. especially without some of their star um internationals, Alwyn Jones and Adam Beard especially being out. I think sec the the lineup could be a problem. You know, you mentioned O'Mahony and Byrne are great operators in the lineup. Um Yeah, well they are. Just just a quick one on that. It, I, I forgot to ask you, who's your favourite Munster player currently? Or do you not really have a favourite? Oh, that, that's a difficult question. Um, I really like Zebo. Yeah. That's, that's, what I, that's who everyone likes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I've always liked Omahini. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd go Omahini personally. Um, yeah. There's something to say about the fact that, like, he will celebrate a try less than a turnover or a winning a penalty yeah. turnover. <laughs> yeah, there's something yeah. for that in the like, I don't know if you watched the Euros, but in that sort of Chiellini win, uh, making a 
uh, goal-saving tackle sort of way for Italy. Um, I also like Damian De Allende. Yeah? He's probably my favourite centre at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I, the way I see Damian Allende is I was surprised that he went to Munster. But is that... I'm happy Oh, yeah, I wasn't happy, but I assume Munster fans were. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of Chris Farrell as well. I'll say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know why he's had as few caps. Well, you know, I think he's I think he's a very good player. He's probably just unlucky that he's behind Henshaw and Aki. And in my opinion, I think he should be arguably ahead of Ringrose, but that's a bit controversial to say the least. Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I would actually agree with you. I think he's a bit better than Ringrose. Yeah. I had Kyle on a couple of weeks ago and we both agreed that Ringrose is a little bit overrated. So maybe this is a growing in, in theme. In some ways, Ringrose is a cracking player. But like he's, not, he's not as good as Farrell. No, especially defensively, um, where Farrell is, yeah, right. in my opinion, currently the best out-and-out 13 defensively in the world. Um uh, well, certainly in the Northern Hemisphere, maybe World's a bit of an exaggeration, thinking about uh, Lacanya Am. I probably jumped the gun a bit there. Yeah. Um, uh, just just on that then, do you have a prediction for this weekend for the Ospreys-Munster game? Or not quite? Um, I'm going to be honest, no, I, I don't really. I could, I could probably think of one, but I'm not actually too sure. Cause I, don't think they'll, I don't think they'll win as much as they did against the Scarlets. No, I, I don't think so either. If it, if it gives you a bit of insight, Aled, Lucy and I did our predictions and we had uh, Munster winning by three points and eight points respectively. So tight games. But yeah. Um, yeah. Are you are Osprey. No, I'm, I'm the only Ospreys fan. The others are Scarlet fans. So oh, okay. yeah, um, I'm, I'm the outlier in that in that question. What's your prediction? Uh, I've I've gone Munster by eight points. Having seen the sides, yeah. I probably would say Munster by fifteen, because <laughs> um, we did yeah, these on Wednesday and looking at the we, sides. Yeah, you're like ten, twelve points. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, probably a couple of tries for uh, some of the wingers. I think Conway's back, so that's a bit of a, a bit of a worry from us. Um, oh, that's that's good. Yeah, good for you. Um, yeah, yeah. Just a quick one then, as a as a Scottish and Irish fan, um, or you you sort of got your foot in both camps. What have you made of the uh, autumn squads for both? Have you were you surprised by any decisions there? I'm I'm happy with the Scotland one. I don't think there were any players that I was, I was really surprised to see in, or players I'm not, uh, surprised to see out outside the squad. Yeah. Um, I think Ben Vallecott for Edinburgh. I people were kind of making a fuss about that, but like. Look at the depth Scotland have at Scrum Half. They've got like Jamie Doby, George Horn, Ali Price. I don't know if Scott Steele's in the squad. I don't think he is. Is he? No, he's not in. Yeah, that, that doesn't really surprise me. And then with the Ireland squad, squad on the other hand, I I can't remember his name, but the little ginger Elster Scrum Half, I really wanted him to get in. Dyak, was it? Is it Dyak? Doak. Doak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him, that's him. Yeah, I um, I was I was surprised he wasn't in. Um, there seems yeah. to be a, well, there seems to be uh, some sort of allergy that uh, Andy Farrell has to Ulster scrum halves. With um, obviously previously that he's left out. Uh, uh, I think uh, mentioning allergies, I think he's allergic to Jack Harshie. Yeah. Seriously, 
don't know what Jack Carty has to do to get into that Ireland squad. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I really do have no idea. I think he's, I think he's a class player. Um, yeah. I'm so happy to see Mark Bennett in the Scotland squad. Ah, okay. He hasn't been in for a while, so. Yeah, he, he's, he, he's an odd one, isn't he? Because obviously he burst on the scene and he was so successful and he scored yeah. that interception against Australia in 2015. Yeah. I don't remember that. Um, remember it. But he hasn't really yeah. been in and around the squad since, has he? No, he hasn't. And, and I'm really happy that he's in finally because he's been pushing like really hard for it. Mm. Yeah. I'd agree. I think he deserves his chance. Um, you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Carty a minute ago. What what is your assessment as a Munster fan of Carberry and um, is is Munster season this this year really dependent on how you can get him fit and how regularly you can get him playing? I don't really think so. I think that you've got um, Ben Healy in there who can who would be able to like I. It's a struggle. I don't really know which of those two is better. Really? Like, I think he. I really do like Healy because his kicking game is, or his massive kicks. Like yeah. they, they pretty much won us the game against Scarlets. So or not really won us, but like they, they, they did a good job in that game. Yeah, yeah. I also like Carver. I think he's good. No, is certainly in the modern game with the current rules, the fifty twenty two. Healy's been sort of. Mm-hmm. Living off that a bit, hasn't he? Really. Um, yeah. But I'm a huge Carberry fan. Um, I don't know if you saw. I I I'm put him in. You know, I think he'll be the fly half for the Lions in four years' time, um, possibly. Um, or in the squad, probably missing out to Marcus Smith now. Um, but I I just would love to see him back to his best. Um, yeah. I- and it's about getting him fit, and hopefully you can do that. So, just a quick one before you go, then. Well, um, how do you see Munster go in this season within the URC? Do you think they can take the title? I want a one-word answer from you. Can they? Can they win this season? They they can, but I don't know if they will. I think they've got the potential to, but then there's also Leinster. I'd have a I have a bad feeling it's going to be the same story like it has been for the, for the past couple of years. Yeah, it's just been a Munster and Leinster pushing for it, and then then Leinster win. But I hope Munster win. A hope, but not a complete yes. Yeah, and then it's a it's, 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 it's a head or a heart. Which are you going to go with, heart or head on this on that? If I had to give you one answer, head. Head, right. Yeah. So you've gone with Leinster and Europe. Where do you see Munster going in the new European competition? Um, or format, I should say. I think they'll be able to. I don't think the South African teams will be a will be a massive trouble for Munster. Um, but the French the French teams will. Yeah. And um, and obviously Leinster and the English teams. Yeah. But like, so I I don't think uh, Munster will win. Will, uh, will be like really successful in Europe. No, I agree. Um, I don't see them getting to a semi-final. I've got to be honest. I think quarters is is where it is for Munster this season. Um, yeah, I'd actually agree with you. Yeah, um, I think you've got a very strong side and could push to a semi-final if you get a home quarter-final. 
it's all yeah. on for Munster. Um, the second Munster play at home, they play about twice as well. So I think <laughs> I think it could be on. Um, cheers, cheers very much for coming on, Will. Um, it's been really no really Thank nice you. to hear from you and hearing your input on Munster. And um, yeah, well, from from my perspective, I hope the Ospreys get the win on the weekend. But all the best for for Munster on the weekend. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. See you.